Welcome, Evan, to our show today. Thank you very much for joining us. I really appreciate your time. Hi, Sally. Nice to be here with you and Happy New Year. Uh, same to you. So um, we've been chatting a little bit, but can you uh, just kind of recap and let our listeners know a little bit about yourself and, and where you've been and what you do? Sure. Right, right, right now, as we record this, I'm in Singapore. Mm -hmm. And uh, my profession, I, uh, I am an executive coach and I am in L&D learning and development for the last 10 years. Um, I also do consulting, management consulting, and I'm also a part-time online visiting lecturer at the EU Business School in Geneva. Um, which is something I started a couple of years ago. They approached me and uh, I actually enjoyed a lot, you know, to work and develop the younger generation and i realize it gives you a lot of pleasure mm -hmm. and um I, you know what i do i specialize with, through my coaching and training as you see on the website which part is it this one i think this one yeah, that one, uh, yeah. i help uh, executives develop the skills and strategies they need to succeed now what do i need to succeed um maybe some of those they want to enhance their leadership skills maybe improve communication maybe navigate a career transition, which is quite popular lately. Mm -hmm. um, maybe learn how to engage and mobilize their remote and hybrid team and so on and so forth. So I do this usually on one-on-one um, -on -one coaching sessions. Mm -hmm. And the first thing we do, um, I work with my client to identify their strengths and areas for improvement. And then we develop a personalized action plan to help them succeed. Um, now, I, I have traveled quite a, a bit, uh, I suppose. I, I, I like it and I think you like it as well. Yes, very much. And, um, you know, I, I grew up in Greece up until high school. If you, obviously, um, after high school, I went to, um, I lived in Switzerland for three years. I studied and worked there. And then Switzerland is beautiful, mm -hmm. um, absolutely stunning. But if you, you know, when you are 20, 22 years old, it's a little bit too small, you know? Yes, I'm I actually, understand yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those countries. I'm actually looking to go back now because we are uh, relocating. We want to relocate to, to Europe, either Germany or Switzerland or somewhere there. This is okay. what we are planning to do over the next three, four months. But when you are 22 years old, Switzerland is a little bit... Um, Quiet. Quiet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. Yes, but now, but obviously, when, when, when you are um, when you are a different age, you know, you're looking for different things, you're looking for more to relax a little bit, your kids to go to school. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I know completely. It's all it's, it's kind of it's just part of the life journey where we evolve and change and we never stay the same. So whether it's changes with work as what you're doing with coaching people or relocating to to different areas. I've lived in five countries now and I know where I'm at right now is not the last one I'm going to live in. It's it's great. It's beautiful. I love it, but it is a little bit too small and quiet for a long term stay for me right now. So I, I know and, you know, change is good. Change. I think change is good. Look, with I, I agree. And if you, you know, in my opinion, to elaborate on what you say, I think, especially with the changes, you know, the psychological and societal changes that are happening over the last couple of years, 
Um, if you feel that you know it all and you will be here in a change and adaptation, and you know Charles Darwin, I'm not a Darwinian, but you know, he said that he's not the strongest or the most intelligent of the species that will survive, but the one who is more adaptable to change. And how relevant is that? <laughs> you know, you, you have people at 60 years old, 60 years old, you know, they go, I want to change my career. What do I want to do over the next 20 years? And I think this is how the world is going to be. Like, mm-hmm. 20, in, in, in our generation, we study until 25. Then from 25 to 65, we change three, four jobs and then we retire. Mm-hmm. I think this this finished. Yeah, I, I think so too. And, and in part because, you know, at 40 years ago, when people were 65, like their, their life was a lot harder and tougher. And yes. we didn't have the advances of medication and, and things that we yes. just know now. So their bodies were physically older, even though that number may be the same where we're 65 now, the physical body of a lot of people, if they're taking care of themselves, is not like it was with our grandparents or great grandparents generation. So a lot of people are living till, you know, close to 100, even some. I'm not sure the oldest person in the world, but I, I think I recently heard somewhere around 118 or something like that. I, I could be wrong on that, but it was, it was, it was well over 100. That's, that's for sure. And, and life expectancy will go up. You will see, I think, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm not saying by what I read, uh, the, the, uh, the, everything. I think people will end up living 110 and 120 you know, in the next maybe 20, 30 years. Health is improving, mm-hmm. you know, a lot. Yeah. And technology, and I, it, you know. It's funny. I used to say that to people about 20 years ago. So when I was in my kind of mid-20s, I would say to people, I'm going to live till I'm 120. And every time I said that, people looked at me like I was Laugh, yeah, yeah. They're like, yeah. there's no way. And I said, you just wait and see. People are living till their 80s-ish now. I'm, and I have a, a medical background um, a little right, bit. You, yeah. So, yeah. So, and then I was like, I know where they're going with some medicine. I know where it's it's going. And I can imagine that, you know, if I was say in my mid-20s when I said that, by the time I got to be a hundred, like that's almost 75 years of advancement that can take place. So I just said, it's possible. And everybody thought I was crazy now. Now they're realizing I'm not so crazy that it is possible. Like, I don't know if you have been, been to China, but technology there, as we speak, is in a totally different level. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, actually, coincidentally, I was watching a documentary, and in China, they have these things now where it's like an online robot doctor where you put your face in front of that machine, it's reading your body, it's telling you your temperature, then you put your hand and it's telling you your hydration percentage and then it's giving you a very fast report of what you need to drink or what you need to eat. You're hydrated, you're you're lacking that vitamin. And next to that machine, there is an AM, there is a vending machine where you just buy vitamins and natural juices. Wow. So the machine is telling you, it's like an instant report. It's like mm-hmm. 10 minutes. You scan you scan your, your hand and it's reading your body and it's telling you, you're hydrated. You need to drink vitamin C. And then next to it is a vending machine. And you get whatever you need right there. Right yeah. there. So it's unreal. Yeah. And, and, um, and so that's amazing. So for somebody who's saying at 65 now, you know, what am I 
I going to do? I'm going to change careers, go back to school, learn something, do something different. It's, it, it makes sense because even if you're going to live to a hundred, like that's still a, a lot of years. I was um, talking with somebody the other day and mm-hmm. he said he couldn't, he never thought when he was younger in his twenties or thirties that he would have done it. But at 47, he went back to school to become a lawyer. And, and he finished it's it beautiful. at 47. He started, he's, and he said, you know, I never would have thought in my 20s, even in my 30s, never would have thought that at 47, I would go to law school. It's perfect. So I, I absolutely love it because it, it's kind of, you live again. You live mm-hmm. your youth again. I absolutely love it. Yeah. Um, for me, for me, it's great. I mean, I like to learn. I'm, I, I think I'm a life learner. I, 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 I don't like to feel stuck. Um, so I think it's great, but I think a lot of people cannot really accept that, you know, and you know what, if we live until 100, 120, no government wants to pay you pension for that. No, they, they can't afford to. They can't, they can't afford, afford to. Yeah. And because I was just reading also the other day, I was reading an article about how in most, um, most Western countries, most of Europe, North America, Australia, all, all of that. Um, even Japan and actually China as well, um, yeah. the birth rate is reducing dramatic dramatically in some of the countries and a little bit. But China last year was the first time that the birth rate yes. had dropped, and I think Japan was number one with like 1.2 births per couple, and then there's a few countries that were like 1.3, 1.4. So the birth rate is going down. So if the birth rate's going down and we're living till we're 100, 120, the government yes. can't be paying us. It's not going to work. Japan has a problem. Japan has an aging uh, yeah. population. Mm-hmm. And uh, they are looking for people to take care of the elderly. And they're afraid that the generation will be lost because yeah. they will sacrifice their life to take care of their parents. Because that's, kind of, that's part of their culture. It is. And so, and that's why they're not having kids. It's because the grandparents would take care of the kids, but now that the grandparents are getting substantially older, they're not able to. So now it's so, well, we can't have kids. We don't have the help now. It's reverse. We need to be taking care of them. I so think the region, yeah, I think in Africa, this is the opposite of what we're saying. I think the mm-hmm. birth rate is increasing in Africa. It is, it is increasing there, yeah. Yeah, so there's there's a few places where it's still increasing and it's still fairly high, India. but and that's more that's more the rural from from the article that I read anyway. Yeah, it was that that's more of like the rural places. So even in the large cities in Africa, they're seeing a, a decline. There there's still a lot more. There's still some having four five children per per family, but that used to be seven or eight. So the yes. cities are still seeing a decline, but they're at least having more kids and, and still, you know, um, contributing to that growing population. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah, after Switzerland, after we made a big break. I went to UK. I did mm-hmm. my MBA. I lived, I lived in the UK for around eight years. Okay. Right. Yeah, after graduation, I worked there. I, was, I ended up being a, man, a branch managing director of a company. About, I, had, I was managing two offices at the time and around... Uh, 75 employees and then i did this up until 2011 2012 and then yeah and then after that i lived in australia for five years and cyprus a little bit um i worked for the financial brokerage i was headhunted from the from the uk so living eight years in the uk i I miss the i miss the heat and the sun a little bit Mm -hmm. 
yes. And uh, yeah, right now I am in Singapore. I'm not sure if you before you heard some sound. It's still they still have Chinese New Year fireworks. Oh. Uh, I'm I'm not sure if you could hear that. I didn't hear, hear it. I didn't hear it though. Yeah. No. You might hear some more. And um, and yes. Yeah, so um, you know, um, with my work over the last couple of years, it has been challenging because, especially the first year, because I had to shift everything online. Mm-hmm. You know, before me and my clients will meet at the, in their office, my office, coffee shop, or and we will we will work like that. But after it's like, wow, how do we change everything change. online? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it worked well at the end because now I can actually it's going to give it's giving me the chance to have clients. Like if you know, me and you can we we probably wouldn't do that right now, right? What we do, right? So. Right. And as you're you're saying, you know, you're you're thinking of of relocating again. You know, you can still keep your clients there, or even grow and have more clients all around the world, um, with, within reasonable time zones. Because well, yeah, that's the only time zones are the issue. <laughs> that's the only issue, actually. Yeah. This is the only issue is the time zone. I mean, if you're in Europe, you you know, unless you wake up three four a.m. in the morning to work with Australia. Is a, it, it could be done, but it's a little bit challenging. But yeah, and that's the only issue. Is um, it's quite strange because I, I think with the pandemic, it two way. I think it went right. Mm-hmm. Companies now, you can actually expand if you're doing this kind of services. You can expand your company globally mm-hmm. because clients tell you, "I don't, I don't need to see you to trust you." you know, there is another way to to build trust. Um, you can hire people globally. Let's say if you have a company, mm-hmm. you can hire, you know, especially customer support, live chat agents. You can have in India, in Mexico, in anywhere you want, really. But also at the same time, with travel, um, some companies, like if you are in the FMB sector or if you are in the hospitality industry, mm-hmm. they target more locals now. I see like comp- in countries like Malaysia, Indonesia. Uh, people are traveling in their own country. They are becoming tourists of their own country. Mm-hmm. Which yes. is very interesting because I, I'm in the, the tourism industry as well as uh, I do uh, travel writing and things. And uh-huh. and I mean, I, I was one too before the pandemic. I, you know, I didn't do a lot in the country that I was living in. Um, you know, I would I would do some, but even coming from Canada, I've seen some of Canada, but not all of it because it was better to go to a foreign country than stay in Canada on holiday. And now there's been that, that shift that people are more tourists in their own cities. And it it comes back again, as we said earlier, it's that adjusting where the, the strongest ones are the ones who will be the most successful are the ones that are able to, to pivot or change a bit or work within whatever the world kind of throws at us and that's some of those silver linings um from the pandemic is working from home remote working how we've been able to to adjust um depending upon the industry that we're in i think it's a mindset you know the most difficult to change is the mindset this Mm -hmm. is what i think because most people used to work and used to live in the environment okay i've graduated i have my work even though I may change jobs every three, four, five years, not major things are changing. But now it's kind of a shock, you know, it's like, and as you said, you're, I think, you know, I, I don't know if it was, we, did we record that, that your friend studied 
to become a lawyer at 40, 70 mm -hmm. years old. Mm -hmm. I think psychologically, that's such a refresher because you are like, I know a lot of people that wanted to do something that I never had the chance to do. And now is the chance. Why not? Right. Like, and, and it is I, you, I said that mindset of like 47 part, part of the brain is like, oh, I'm already 47 to start all over. I'm, I'm too old. But if you think of it, you're for a lot of people, that's not even halfway through your life. Right. If you live till till you're almost 100, that's the halfway in the first kind of 15 to 18 years of life, we didn't work depending upon when people started 15 to 18, they may have started. So yeah. what we've done within that kind of from let's just say 25 to make it easy from 25 to 50, how much that person has done in a career, he can still do that again. again. Yes. Until 75, you're right. And then still have time to relax and do whatever else that he wants to do. I see in Asia, more than in Europe, that um, if you take Uber, for example, you know, the mm -hmm. sharing in Asia, they call it Grab because Grab okay. in Asia bought Uber a few years ago. So, okay. but when I'm in Europe, it's called Uber. Anyway, it's called Grab. The car sharing thing, you know, mm -hmm. um, a lot of the drivers are actually people of, you know, like in the 50s, in the 60s, 65, 70 years old. And sometimes, I, you know, locally in Malaysia, Indonesia, they call them uncles, right? Uh, nope. And aunties. Um, mm -hmm. So, and, and I ask them sometimes if they speak English, most of them do. Um, I say, yeah, I do it part-time. In the morning, they do something part-time. In the evening, they do something part-time. And some of them are telling me, yeah, because I want to support myself. And some of them are telling me also, you know, what will I do if I just stay home? Yes. And that, that is, that is a bad thing. And I, I have, I haven't recalled anything recently, but I do recall reading something many years ago that statistically when people retire, if they didn't have already in place, like good hobbies, things that they do regularly, their body deteriorates very, very quickly. And a lot of them die quite quickly after retirement. I see that from my parents, my father every day they're both retired my father every day does something like we summertime we're busy because we're running a, a small hotel in greece okay. uh, you're in the tourism maybe we can talk mm -hmm. online about that later <laughs> um and and my okay so my mom is busy during summer my during winter she's not that busy mm -hmm. and um she knows skype now and internet and all that so but my dad, every day, he will go out of that. Every day, he will wake up, he'll wake up, have a shower, shave, and then go out to do something. It's a little bit like where you are, go to the farmhouse or go to the town, do, mm -hmm. some, do some jobs. Because like, even though they can pay their bills online, they prefer to take the car, go to town, go to the bank, pay their bills online, have some coffee or something. But mm -hmm. I sit with my mom sometimes. She just stay home reading the news and you don't read anything positive in the news. No, no. The news is, I think, one of the worst things to be reading and watching. So, you know, I think the world is, you know, the, and, and, and people say 2023, we're going to still see a lot of changes. I think with technology, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think so, too. And I, I don't know, as, as, as a, a writer and a bit of a content creator, there's the, um, I don't know if you've heard about it, chat GPT that's yes. coming out. And there's lots of these different AI things that just, it just all of a sudden seems to be, or at least for me, because it just seems to be all of a sudden in my face, a lot of all these new things that are coming out. Um, 
and I don't know, maybe it's just like the Instagram algorithm. I clicked on one thing and it just knew it's like, start showing her everything. And, yes. and there's, there's a lot and there's, there's going to be some, some big changes. And I, I know some people, cause I also tutor English online for a couple of hours in the morning. And nice. when I meet people that say, oh yeah, I've, I've gone to school. I just finished school as a translator and, and stuff. I, I think, Ooh, like I worry about that. There, there's the translator where, you know, if you're in the hospital and you're translating and, and you're that kind of in-person physical translation, but I know people too that have a lot of jobs that they translate documents, they translate papers and things like that. And not that AI is there yet, but it's... That will go in five years. This online, that, this will go. Yeah. And a lot of even article writings, content creating of, of yes. articles. Now, some things, anything that's new they'll still need to be writers because right now the AI just knows everything that's already been put on the internet. So that yes, there, there's exactly. there'll be some, but a lot of, of jobs and things that people do are going to, a lot are going to be gone and a lot are going to dramatically change. And so again, that's where the people have to start to kind of pivot again. It's okay, what am I going to do? Or how am I going to kind of be on top of this new technology to still kind of work with it? You know, it, it's a bit, yeah, some of the, like, when I go airport, or, you know, you go Singapore airport, um, when you're, when you're about to check, if you have a luggage, luggage to check in, mm -hmm. um, you don't see, uh, the, the checking counters have changed, so mm -hmm. you, it's all, you do it yourself, basically, mm -hmm. so where it used to be five, six counters for check-in with people behind the counter, mm -hmm. now they are self checking counters with a couple of people behind you mm -hmm. just standing there to supervise in case you need help, in case your luggage is too heavy, in case you're elderly. So basically how it works, you've got your ticket mm -hmm. and you scan your ticket on your passport. It's reading your face. You put your thumbprint. It verifies is you. You put your luggage on the carousel. It's mm -hmm. printing out, the, you know, the thing that, the, I don't your, know what you call that. Tag or something. The tag, bag. yes, yes, yes. You stick your tag, off the suitcase goes. Mm -hmm. If you if it's extra weight, you can just pay with your credit card or with your mobile app. Um, you're going through immigration. Yeah, you they're scanning actually, you again. They're scanning you, and you know, actually, by the until the time you board the plane and you're welcomed by the um, stewardess, you, you you don't need to talk to anyone. Wow. Wow, I, so, I'm, I haven't I haven't quite seen it to that that point yet, but I've been yes. seeing lots of the the self check ins, the drop your bag yourself. You you may yeah, not some need companies that yeah <laughs> some airlines that have the technology they do it mm -hmm. like Singapore yeah. Airlines they have the technologies the home base they do it yeah well because it saves them money they don't have to pay for people but and this the is, problem is then people don't have yes. jobs <laughs> this is a problem and I think. You could argue and say, look, do you want a job? You know, all these jobs, I still think that all these jobs that just require eye and hand to collaborate, they will go. Yeah. Because with mm -hmm. all the respect, with all the respect, don't get me wrong, but you don't really need a special skill to do this job or to be a checkout supermarket person. So right. in China, I mean, you, you, again, I'm talking about China because technology is at a different level. They are probably right. 10 years 10 years ahead, there are 
there are supermarkets that you there are that you don't see anyone just inside you only have customers and mm -hmm. and you know I... who you are and the door mm -hmm. opens with your they know they know who you are the door opens with your hand and they know who is it and security it and 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 inside the inside the store, it's just customers. Basically, you put you whatever you want in your basket. While you are putting it in, it it reads the tag. If you take it out, it's taking it out from the bill. If you want to put it back, or if you change your that's, mind, that's that's what I heard. Like there isn't even a, a quote checkout. Like it's no one. It, it there's not even security. There, like, no, there's nothing. There is not even. It's incredible. There is not even security. Everything is automated. But then again, that but that might lead into universal basic income it could because good somehow you know people need to to make money um it's it, it's interesting to be that it's something that i think we could we could go down that kind of rabbit hole for yes. a, a long conversation yes. and, and i believe there's pros and cons to 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 having yes. that universal income and who knows if it really would fully work? I think some people it would work well for some people not. Um, I think it. I think it will work well a little bit in the long run. Maybe at the beginning, some people will take advantage of it, but I think it will reduce crime. Mm -hmm. I think so I think too. I think it's even good for families. You know, with sometimes with my coaching that I do, even though it's professional, a lot of clients opening up and. You could have, in a, you know, if you're in a relationship that the guy, or if one, if one person in the relationship has mm -hmm. the more money, they can easily control the other person. And a lot of people That's stay right. in relationships because of this. But if That's you right. have something from the government that is supporting you to live, put a roof over mm -hmm. your head and have food, mm -hmm. you could live happier by yourself and mm -hmm. you, could, you could get job. You know, how many people hate their job? Oh, so many, so many. And they could do but, what they wanted. Exactly, you know, they, because they you don't have the pressure of income. Right, right. I think it's going to happen, but I don't know how some guy, and I think in some countries, you can see it in developed countries like Germany, um, in Greece, um, uh, during the pandemic, even now with the energy crisis, you know, fuel, uh, the prices yeah. are up. Greece is giving some uh, money tokens to support families. Um, it happened in Singapore during the big lockdowns. They were mm -hmm. giving people. I think it happened in the U.S. in some states. Uh, as well yeah, as Canada people. was giving the money away too, like a good amount. So it's like it's it, it, what well, is funny. It's like using a humanist social system to support mm -hmm. uh, to support um, to support capitalism. <laughs> right. Yeah, You're and using, I. I, I I think generally, yeah, you're right. It, it would work because if I'm, if I don't have to worry about paying my bills and I know that they're covered and it's not to live extravagantly, but just covered. So I have a home, I have food, then I can be, oh, well, I, I want to create something. I want yes. to grow my own food. Yes. I like gardening. I want to whatever. And Study. I do yes. those things because I wouldn't have to be, oh, I have to take these jobs and be exhausted and hate my work because I have to pay my bills. So there, there is good. And I've had people say to me sometimes, they're like, well, there'll be people that take advantage and don't work. And I said, welcome to the world right now. 
there are in, in North America, Canada, we have a system where if people don't want, there's some people who can't work and I, and don't, and I don't mean the yes. people who, who have um, physical, mental issues and things like that, that can't work they, and they need help. But I know that there's a number of people that say, well, I just work uh, in the summertime and, and I they get laid the off system, yeah. summer they job, the, and then yeah. the government pays them in the winter and they're out skiing and doing whatever else in the winter. So there's already people that kind of quote, take advantage of the system. So that's never going to change. But the vast majority of people, I believe, would do things that they enjoy doing and want to do, and they would be happier. And they've done studies that people, if they're not worried about money, they're happier, they're smarter, um, yes. they're less stressed, and they're healthier. Yes, less crime. Um, mm -hmm. And you say, look, I mean, yeah, it, it, the, the, the amount will be different. Let's say if you're in Greece, whatever, you, you will be a thousand euro per month which is food, right. if you're in Germany, it's more expensive, it could be 2,000 euros. If you're in, in, in England, it could be 2,000 pounds, whatever. But right. I think it's going to happen with technology. You know, we talk about AI. Mm -hmm. But I think, like, okay, like, what, what, you know, what about the developing countries, though? Like, right now, where I am in this part of the world, a lot of companies have factories here, like in mm -hmm. Malaysia, in Vietnam, in the Philippines. And they employ workers because their expenses are cut in half. Right. Um, like companies like Shell, you know, especially in the Philippines. Uh, mm -hmm. Customer service, uh, mm. uh, HSBC banks and all that. But what will happen if I'm a company, I, if I'm, I'm company X, I have all these factories, but, right, but with the rise of automation and robots, I can just buy robots and have them at my home at my home country to work 24/7 365 mm -hmm. like the assembly the assembly line right like to make a phone you know you have assembly line factories you know to put all these things together you probably need five six different hands but maybe in 10 years there will be robots do that that's right so how will all these you know developing countries cope with a stop of direct foreign investment. I don't know. They might collapse. I don't know. But then maybe it would have to be some type of um, where companies are, are kind of taxed on a per robot or per something. Ah, there will be. System. There will be. And there then be. and then as it is more of a universal, I mean, it's going to sound crazy and people are going to be like, there's no way that, but we, I mean, we already help other countries when they have floods, when they have landslides, when they have hurricane, maybe there's some way that this universal income that some of those wealthier companies who do pull out of those countries, some of that tax dollar also goes back to still help those countries. Do you know, yes. like, yes. I, I, I don't know how that would work, but there would, there would have to be something. Um, Maybe it goes back to the environment, corporate social responsibility, or I don't know. I don't know. And, and we have to think, though, too, and also the cost of living in a lot of countries is a lot less. So, I mean, maybe, but then they, if they, if they didn't have to worry about money, too, maybe they would be doing other things that they like to do and enjoy doing. And it, it's, yeah, I mean, I just, it would definitely be something that would be transition over quite a time and take a lot of of work with a lot of what I would call bumps in the road. It would, there'd be lots of kind of tough ways to figuring it out to, to what works. But in a way, I kind of do see us going in that direction. 
I think so too. Like in Holland now, they are piloting a system where every three houses they will share a car. Oh, okay. car sharing. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's a big. That's another discussion. Driverless cars. You know, like that mm -hmm. will happen very soon. Yes, there. I think. Well, there's already been some, I know, in the United States um, over the last few years that um, I think like, I think it was Domino's Pizza or something that had it and did did pizza delivery. So people would even, I guess, scan their, their phone or their card, pay for the pizza or pay for it over the phone. And then the car would come driverless and and deliver yeah. deliver the food. Um, yeah, and yeah. so that that's that's been going there. And there's been a few tests of short uh, we like the the big semi truck driving things but kind of the short yeah. not driving across the united states but from um from certain cities to other cities and things so that's that that's definitely happening there are some hotels in singapore when you go to when you go when you go to have breakfast in the morning they don't have a chef anymore preparing your omelet they have a rowboat really yeah, it's I've quite seen, common. I've seen robot that. waiters. I've seen robot waiters. Oh, waiters! Is it, waiters already yeah. have it. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they have. It's like a hand. It's like a hand thing, and you've got all the things in front, mm -hmm. and you you take your plate and you put in what you want: mushroom, cheese, whatever. You mm -hmm. give it to him. He takes it. He cracks the egg, and then he gives it to you. Like after five minutes. So, yeah. Oh. So you just have you just have waiters that clean your plate and they refill. Unless you go to you know five star hotel, which they still do. Of course, mm -hmm. but um, that's another that's a, that's a, another thing that I have seen. Wow! Yeah. So with the, I think technology, it's what as we've said earlier, one of the best things that we're going to have to learn um, as, as people is to I'll use the word to pivot, to grow, to figure things out, to try new things, to to not the worst thing would be to stuck in the this is what i've done for the last 10 years and i'm yeah i'm reading know. um i'm reading a book from uh, coaching uh, marshall goldsmith which is probably mm -hmm. the most famous coach and uh, the book is called the title is uh, what got you here will not what got you here will not get you there which is right. basically you can hear my family that just got back huh? mm -hmm. um uh, so uh, I think that's the mindset, which is right now is challenging for everyone because we are in the transition. You know, the transition it yeah. could be slow sometimes, and uh, also some companies. You see, some companies right now. You know, when we first went um, um, online, you know, when all companies suddenly went online. You remember, twenty twenty, we work from home, we work in the oh, office, yeah. we go back home. <laughs> a lot of the, a lot of companies bought. A lot of software, or they subscribe to a lot of software like Slack, um, mm -hmm. Monday.com to keep our people how do we work. And now that they're realizing that we subscribe to so many things, so they're now trying to balance their expenses, productivity, what we actually need, what we right. don't need, and what kind of policy things now that the kind of dust it kind of settled down, what kind of policy do we need? Fully mm -hmm. remote, hybrid everyone in the office do we allow our staff to choose do we dictate the policy which softwares do we do and so on and so forth so right so yeah i think now we we are at the stage now and and probably through this year it's 
it's going to be a bit of a, a balancing act and and a, and some of them will have to make the decision kind of depending upon staff um a good friend of mine is is a headhunter and she's has said to me that several times there would be somebody who may be overqualified or maybe makes more money that they say you know what i've heard lots about this company it sounds great the atmosphere is good the you know the the way they treat their staff i hear all good things i'll i'll come work for less money and and have a better working environment whether it's even if they have to go all the time or that hybrid but it's just people are yes. now wanting a better balance and a better working environment and and the money's not as important which is great because you know if we look at all of these studies like money doesn't make people happy we we need a certain amount of course you know we need to have shelter where we feel safe and secure we need food we need clothing we need that but what people say they need and the reality is different. Then people start to say, well, I need this, but they start to quote need or buy things to try to make themselves happy, but it doesn't really work. So it's it's kind of that, then now I think one of those silver linings too is people realizing working all the time is not worth it. Like if we are in lockdown, if we die, if something happens, what did I do? I just worked my butt off for a company that in for somebody years, else. It just passed me yes. out and, yes. and I'm done. <laughs> yeah, that's why to give you a quote, I suppose, before we close, that's why I call it not the great resignation, but the great reevaluation. Yes, that is values. better. Because in, in the United States, they've been calling it um, the great resignation, but I, I like that better is the great reevaluation to reevaluate what we want, what's important, um, what we want to do. And, and there's, you know, there's another quote, and I think it might be Tony Robbins who said it, that we overestimate what we can do in a year, but we underestimate greatly what we can do in 10 years. Right. So it's like, we think like, oh, I'm going to do all this stuff Short this term. year, like yes. the whole new yes. year, you know, the new year's resolution, I'm going to do all this stuff this year. And we don't quite getting into to doing all of it, but then we don't realize how much that we can actually do in, in a five or even 10 year span. Yeah, because humans, we are impatient. We want fast. And in some, in some, some cultures, more than others, Western <laughs> culture, like we're both Westerners, right? We, we are more materialistic. Mm -hmm. uh, we go to places like India or Tibet, mm -hmm. uh, Bhutan. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I've never been to Bhutan, which is in the Himalayas, right? right. Mm -hmm. Very difficult to go now. Um, yeah. They have a totally different meaning of life and the pleasure of giving and sharing and mm -hmm. and um, and um, living a totally uh, less materialistic uh, world. Yes, and it's when when we can kind of take a step back, and and I really noticed a big change for me when I moved to Costa Rica. Um, I was living in Canada and of course all the commercials, all the everything is buy this, buy this. It'll make you happy. It'll make you great. It'll make you the envy of the neighborhood. And don't worry if you don't have money, Visa has you covered. And so of course people then get into so much debt because of that. And then when I moved to Costa Rica, even the, the TV commercials at the time were just for like food or basic kind of things. It wasn't buy this stuff, buy this stuff. And there wasn't, there wasn't a need to to have more to make more they they 
is you know I've got a place to live I've got my stuff covered I eat I I enjoy life I enjoy the wonderful weather and and it's good I don't need to work more and they have more of that um work to live not live to work yes Latin America Mediterranean where you are right now the south south southern Europe um it's a, a little bit different, uh, the things that people value. Like this, you lived in Spain, right? I, I, yeah, I was in the, Spain. The, 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 the siesta, the, we have it in mm -hmm. Greece, you know, especially during the hot summer oh. months. Yes. It's like, it's a must. It's like, you're not sleeping on the summer afternoon. It's like, people's like, what's wrong with you? You're not feeling well. Mm -hmm. But when it's 40 or 40 some degrees outside, you, you don't want That's to be what I said. You don't like want to be out. It's just burning. Yeah. So, and they have very late dinner, like summer dinner is at 10, mm -hmm. 11 o'clock, right? Yes, yes. That is still, I push about six o'clock. Usually that's my, because in Canada, dinner is like five, six, seven. Yeah, of course. Late. Yes. Um, and so it's, it's a, it is a really big difference, but um, I like to be up early in the morning. So eating at 10, 11, just before going to bed, I, I just can't do it. Unless I know yeah. it's a be out and having dinner and then going out then I'll have something light or small to just join in with people but yeah it's normal for them to to go have dinner at 11 o'clock at night yes yes and they yeah they sleep at two three right yeah yeah exactly yes. yeah, exactly so your plan right now you're in Singapore you're you're considering moving um back to Switzerland yes yeah, Switzerland and Germany over the next few months uh mm -hmm. Europe is a little bit slow when it comes to business, you know, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, the education system is good. Yes. Uh, if you look at countries like Central Europe, um, you know, because in Asia is a little bit like, the, it's quite funny, even in my coaching, when I coach Asian clients, they see you as the father figure. So they don't share too much, like especially, you know, you know what I mean? Like, oh, you are the like even if and in the school, you know, when I do coaching in in, in in I have different contracts with different companies and I you know I have an audience sometimes it's a mixture of people. You have Australians, mm -hmm. I could have from Asia, I could have from Europe, you could see the difference. Like mm -hmm. the Asians will kind of stay back, agree with everything you say and be hesitant and shy to put their hand up. Mm -hmm. But the other countries are a bit more interactive, which is good for me and good for mm -hmm. them because they're one thing. When it, but when it comes to school, it's the same mentality. Like, I'm the teacher, you're the students. I see you as the father figure. I sit back and you listen. You tell me to jump, I jump. And I don't want that. I want my kids to take a different kind of education system where they are a bit, they are excited to put their hand mm -hmm. up, even though they make a mistake, to take initiative. Mm -hmm. And that's how and we learn. That's how most yes, of our learning learn. because yes. if we learned from other people's mistakes we wouldn't be making any but we tend to still make a lot <laughs> yes and i don't want my kids to go in a school where they just do things without thinking you know technically right. they will write down and learn i don't think these are the skills that a five-year-old will need in the world that we are describing in 10 15 years time the right. line they will no. need different skills right. mm -hmm. back, like, back. 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, completely different. But now, now it's more, even I think even Western school has to change a lot to be probably like, yeah. why, why do I care 
you know, certain dates of certain things. Like I can look it up online. We need to be teaching people to think, to be creative, to read 10 articles on the internet and find out, figure out which is true, which is accurate and which is not. And I think that is more of what we need to be teaching instead of yeah. what day Columbus discovered America. It's like, who cares? You can look it up online. How about which article of this is true information or false information? Yes, and teamwork and how to collaborate with different mm -hmm. people and, uh, you know, putting your hand up, not be scared to make a mistake and, you know, learn it again. You know, how, you know, my, my son, you know, I was surprised at the beginning. I said, no, no, my, my, my son will never, you know, watch YouTube. But you know how many good things you can actually <laughs> learn? There's, you there know, are good things from it. Yes. A lot. Like uh, how to count the colors since two years old. There are a few good programs. I don't want to say names to advertise. Mm -hmm. But he learned quite a lot, and sometimes, you know, now he's a bit older, but when he was two, he's telling me some things like, where did you learn that? Like, uh, bigger, biggest, big, different sizes, colors, mm -hmm. uh, floating, seeing, different mm -hmm. kind of theories and thinking. I was quite surprised. I mean, so the, as a parent, I think you still have a little bit of control. Yes, for, for sure. And, I mean, the, the thing about the internet is it can be as good as we want it to be or it could be as bad as we want it to be um, yes. because, because it has both. And there's so much like you can learn anything on the internet, literally anything, which is good in a way, but in a way, you know, you can learn some bad stuff too, because you can learn anything on the, on the internet. And so I experienced that the other day, he came in and he said something and I said, where did you learn that? That's not good to say. Oh, my cousin, his, one of his cousins is 10 years old. Mm -hmm. So yeah, sorry, I interrupted you there. Yeah. No, 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 that's, that's okay. But, but it's true. And then there's, you know, there's times that maybe we should be just watching cat videos and wasting time, but not for hours a day, every day. And then say, oh, I'm so busy, I have no time. Yes, you are right, right. So yes. It's, it's using it for, for the good that we can use it for and should be using it for and taking advantage of that and learning new things learning what's going on with technology, um, trying new stuff. And if you play with something for an hour and then you think, oh no, this, I don't like it, whatever, or no, it's not gonna help my business or whatever, that, that's great. At least you learned that that application doesn't quite, you don't quite like the way it works, but maybe there's a different app that's very similar to it that you can use and it can save you some time or, or do different things. Um, and, and I think that's what people, need to in a way to be playing with different things on the internet to learn because that's where the world is going with with technology and it's it's the best place to kind of find it and play with it and figure it out I think so yeah yeah you just have to be careful though sometimes because of they course. have i mean they have so much access to information yeah 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 too 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 much i mean yeah, then it, then it comes into what's good, what's bad. Well, what's one a person's opinion to another person's opinion, and and it can be a slippery slope down down that one. But yeah, but definitely being able and open to, I think the biggest thing from from today is you know being able to pivot, being able to grow, being able to change with time because um, times are changing. And I think kind of when the internet started, it was a big jump, and then. I don't want to say we quite plateaued, but over some years, like there was lots going on. But I think this now we're at a stage again where there's kind of another big jump that's that's going on. And and we have to, uh, as somebody said one time, we have to keep up with it and work with it or we'll be left behind. And 
we don't want to be in a situation where we're left behind. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting time. It's challenging for others, especially if you're a little mm -hmm. bit, I don't know, if you're not so much with technology. And maybe some people will decide not to follow. They will form their own communities up in the mountains. It could happen. It could. Oh, yeah, it could happen. It could happen, you know. I mean, there, there are own... in the world right now still that don't have or don't use technology. They're, they're remote and they're not around, but it could still happen that people are like, no, I produce their own food. Yes. Yeah. Mm hmm. You could yeah. do like it's not, uh, hippie, not, not, hippies, it's not necessarily a bad thing, not necessarily no, it's a bad not. thing. <laughs> as long as people have freedom, you can decide your own path. Absolutely. As long as it makes, what them makes you happy. Yes. Mm -hmm. Great. Well, on that note, Evan, I want to thank you very much for your time. And if the listeners wanted to get a hold of you, maybe they're at the point of thinking, yeah, I need, maybe I need a change. I need to pivot or I'm not sure where I should go or, or which direction, what would be the best way for them to get a hold of you? LinkedIn, I'm quite active there. If you can um, uh, uh, Google my name um, and drop me a message and connect with me or drop me an email of evan at executivecoachasia.com. Perfect. And I'll put those links in the show notes as well so, so people can have easy access to those. Lovely. Thank you, Sally. Thank, thank you for the invitation. It was a pleasure talking with you. Thank you. It was great talking with you as well.